This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. Today we hear from APAS and the submission to proposals to reform the Canada Grain Act. We have a feature on oats from grain millers in Yorkton. Bill C-206 gets more attention in Ottawa. It's a private member's bill, which are rarely approved, but it's a bill that has had some major support. It's a bill that exempts farm natural gas and propane from the carbon tax. And we have an update on feeder cattle markets this past week. The markets were mixed. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. Saskatchewan's General Farm Group is calling for creation of a new grain export sales reporting program. APAS President Todd Lewis says the request is part of a recent submission to the federal consultation process on the Canada Grain Act. Well, the Grain Act's been uh, reopened uh, after 50 years. It's been a, a long process. There, in the past, there's been changes that have died in the order paper. It didn't occur. So I think it's very timely. Uh, you know, I think uh, producers appreciate what the Grain Commission does. It's, a, it's an important regulator within our, within our grain industry. And, uh, you know, the grain companies and so on, uh, they make these announcements. And, you know, they're driving our industry as well. But at the same time, the Grain Commission really... Uh, does offer protection for farmers and uh, make sure we have a voice at the regulatory table. What do you see as some of the key recommendations from APAS? Uh, you want greater transparency and timely information about export shipments. Yes, that's something you know our our membership's interested in, and, and really it's it, you know pretty well aligned across uh, not only Saskatchewan but the, but the country that you know everybody has uh, access to more information. Uh, you know the uh, reporting that's done and availability to producers. Everybody's got a cell phone in their pocket. Transparency has never been greater, but at the same time, the Canadian Grain Commission, what they've reported on and been able to report on, has remained pretty stagnant. And uh, I think we want to see, uh, you know, as an example, more of a USDA type of uh, agger, aggregate reporting, and it, and it would really help producers when it comes to uh, things like price discovery and even uh, planning what you're going to going to uh, market for the next year, what you're going to grow. If, uh, more information is always key, and if we can have that information, it'll help, help producers in the long run. Your submission also calls for greater federal funding for the Grain Commission, and you want the Grain Commission to do accelerate modernization of the grading system? Well, I think on the uh, funding model, uh, the federal government cut, cut their funding. Uh, we see other jurisdictions. Again, we, we can compare to the United States. They're uh, over 30% is funded federally. There's a lot of public good in uh, in having uh, this reporting and this regulatory process within within Canada. So I think uh, the federal government should uh, reestablish their funding to a 30% level. So that would help you know producers with the fees they pay. Modernization, uh, you know, we see different tests. 
you know, after 2019, uh, prior to 2019, a lot of people didn't really understand what a falling number was in the, you know, in the wheat market, things like that. And really, we want to see some standardization of these tests. Uh, another example would be protein testers or or uh, even moisture meters that there's a little bit more standardization across the board and uh, maybe some inspection processes as well that just to increase transparency and try and take out some of the guesswork uh, you know when farmers are going from elevator to elevator to to uh, grade their grain or see their grain graded and sold that there's a little bit more uh, I guess uh, standardization between those companies because right now you know the old story about same pail and five different grades I think the more we can get away from that the better. And you're encouraging farmers to get involved before the April 30th deadline for submissions on the Canada Grain Act review. Yeah, you know, I think the the more voices uh, that are that are put forward, the better. Uh, you know, the consultation process is still open to the end of the month. Of course, it's a busy time of year, but if you've got something that you is really, you know, you think is being missed by uh, the submissions between APAS or the other groups, you know, put forward. It's uh, you can put some a few sentences in and. And uh, they will go into the consultation process. And once again, the Canada Grain Act Review consultation deadline is this Friday, April 30th. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch eavesdrops. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesdrops.ca Oats was one of the crops projected to see an acreage decline this year, according to the Statistics Canada Seeding Intention Survey released yesterday. The National Oat Area estimate was 3.6 million acres, down 6% from last year. In Saskatchewan, surveyed farmers said they intend to seed 1.6 million acres, or 11% less oats than in 2020. Those numbers are low, according to Scott Shields, the procurement manager with Grain Millers in Yorkton. I think that acres will be closer to even, and, and I don't think even across the province we're looking at that big of a drop from what we're hearing. Take calls from producers... We're not out uh, as much as uh, they have been at times, but I, I don't think that that number is going to be that accurate by the time seeding's all said and done. Shields says farmers do have a lot of profitable cropping options this year. There's an awful, awful lot of competition for the acres this year. You know, we've seen oat prices in the four to four seventy-five range locally, which we've never seen at this time of year before, and normally that would have bought us more acres than we could possibly ever mill. But with barley pricing in the mid fives, wheat pricing now, you know, at eight, canola pricing fourteen, fifteen dollars, flax pricing higher than that, everybody's out there trying to get those acres and everybody's got a, a price that's good enough to do it. Shields says there continues to be strong demand among consumers for oat based products. With the demand for oat milk, with the demand for baking products as COVID continues and we see people still stocking their pantries like they have been for the last year, demand is going to continue to be strong and that's going to keep the supply uh, pressured a little bit. With any little drop in acreage, we're going to see low, low ending stocks, maybe record low next year, and that's just going to keep prices uh, pressured higher, which is great for farmers. Um, oats are a great crop to grow. They're great in the rotation. They're great for the land. Producers have really focused on growing better quality and better yields. Uh, better varieties are available now. All things are good on, in the oat world. Things are also good in the canola world, with strong vegetable oil values and renewable fuels on the horizon. Shields believes oats will be able to maintain its share of producer acres in the long term, even with two new canola crushing plants and one expansion expected online within three years in Saskatchewan. 
We had this discussion the other day, corporately, and all this crush capacity, I don't know how much it can change the acreage because of rotation limitations uh, with club root and, and factors like that, where guys can't grow as many canola acres as they want to necessarily because of rotation and concerns that way. You know, I think what we're going to see is less exported canola seed, more domestic crush and exported finished product. Now, that said, more canola acres because of rotation and how oats work really well into those rotations, uh, it could be beneficial even to oat acres to have a little bit more canola grown. You can't grow canola on canola. you got to have something in between and with strong oat markets, that might be the crop. You know, you've got the Richardson plant at uh, Saskatoon. You've got Austin Yorkton. You've got opportunities to sell and market direct to the mills in Saskatchewan. You've got uh, opportunities in Manitoba and Alberta as well. Prairie-wide, it could be a really good thing for oats. I, I mean, I don't think we're going to go to 5 million oat acres, as uh, much as I'd like to see that happen. If demand keeps up the way it is, maybe we will have to anyway. Um, price will dictate that. You know, if we've got strong prices for canola, based on the domestic crush uh, and strong prices for oats based on the domestic milling uh, grind, it could be a real win-win for us to have those new plants online. Scott Shields is the procurement manager with Grain Millers in Yorkton. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio on Rural Radio 147, Sirius XM. I am joined right now by Tammy Joe Bruin of Roland Farms based in southern Alberta. Tammy Joe, how are you? Good, how are you? Hey, really good. So your family farms in, in southern Alberta and uh, is a well-diversified farm and recently diversified even more by purchasing the Kessler Rodeo stock. This, this is world-famous rodeo stock. If you're in the, in the rodeo circles, you know about the, the, the Kessler. So tell us a bit about the deal and, and why you are so interested in, in rodeo in the future. Yeah, you know, um, I grew up rodeoing in southern Alberta. So the Kessler family family and their stock have always been so respected, not only in Alberta, but like you say, worldwide. So um, it's really special to us to be able to keep such a strong piece of Canadian history here in Alberta and keeping these bloodlines strong and alive. Um, we were approached by the estate of Greg Kessler Holdings back in October of 2020. So um with the opportunity to purchase a stock. So we just thought it was a pretty amazing opportunity to invest in such a strong legacy. Wow. So how many horses are involved? There's 375 horses. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. That's amazing. You just think about the, like the hay bill that comes with over 300 horses. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a big one, that's for sure. <laughs> so uh, tell us a little bit about, like, how does it work? So you basically lease the horses out to, to, to rodeos? Or, like, how, what is the business model of owning rodeo stock? You contract them to rodeo. So, um, you know, they're going to the rodeo to do their job. And we actually have um, a really good rodeo administrator that we have hired on who's going to be traveling around with them and making sure 
they're safe and ready to do their job. Now, are all of these bucking horses or are some of them for barrel racers or for somebody that's doing like team roping? Like, what, what, Can you break that down a little bit? No, they're all bucking horses. So saddle bronc and bareback and then bucking bulls as well. Okay. So what makes a, like, how do you, how do you train a good bucking horse? They just come by it naturally. Like how, how do you identify what a good bucking horse looks like? You know, these horses are bred to buck. They're born to buck. They, I mean, we have year old colts on the ground right now that just run around and buck. There's not really any way to train them. It's just what they want to do. That's amazing. It's uh yeah. If they don't want to buck, they don't buck. <laughs> <laughs> now you're, you're in, you're a barrel racer yourself, correct? Yes. Okay. So have you, yes. have you been involved in rodeo since a very young age? I have been involved in rodeo and horses, I think, since before I could even walk. I remember my mom leading me around the barrel pattern. So <laughs> I took to it right away. The last year has been pretty tough on rodeos due to COVID-19. Um, are you expecting to have a little bit of a busier summer this year ahead? You know, we're hoping to. Um, I guess time will tell us with that. But it's also given us the opportunity to, you know, find the perfect team and really just make sure these horses are healthy and ready to go whenever we're allowed to. Yeah. Are, are you expect Are you expecting to have a busy summer for the for the rodeo stock? You know, I can't really say. I'm not sure what rodeo looks like up here in Canada. I know it is opening up a bit more back back up down south, like in the states. So. Hopefully Canada will follow suit. Yeah. So will will uh, will you ship the horses south for U.S. rodeos, or do you try to stick to Canada? How does that look? We are going to try and get down there. I guess the border's kind of giving us a little bit of issues with that. So if yeah. we can get down there, we'd absolutely be down there. You know, getting that border open just—it's critical, not just from a recreational front, but even people like yourselves that are trying to do business. There, there's still there's still barriers to entry that really, really do make it uh, unreliable and in, in being assured you're going to get across, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, hey, Tammy Joe, I, I really appreciate you joining us here today. Uh, all the best to you, and it's really cool to see, as you said, that, uh, that famous Kessler rodeo stock staying in Alberta, and uh, we'll keep thriving into the future. Thanks so much for having me. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin or Devon at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, mainly cloudy with 40% chance of showers, and then clearing this afternoon. Light winds today, the high 12, the low plus 2. And looking out the window here, it is another beautiful looking day. A little chilly, it's only plus 5, but just scattered cloud. The sun is shining nice and bright. We're looking at, as I said, a high of 12 today, the low 2. Tomorrow, mainly cloudy, the high 14, the low 4. Friday, partly cloudy, the high 25, the low 5. Saturday, partly cloudy, the high 20, the low 2. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high 16, the low 1. 
Monday, partly cloudy, the high 17, the low plus 2. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high 18. Normal high for this date, 16, the normal low, plus 1. The sun rose at 5.39 this morning. It sets at 8.13 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Maple Creek in the southwest corner at 13. The cold spot, way north, Uranium City, minus 7. Estevan and Saskatoon, both plus 6. Swift Current is 10, Weyburn 5, Yorkton is plus 1. Sunny and Regina, plus 5. That's 42 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the north at 8. Humidity is 67%. The barometer dropping 102.0. Sunny and Moose Jaw, 5 degrees. Winds are from the east at 11. Once again, Regina, Sunny and 5. That's 42 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com and brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. There was further discussion yesterday in Ottawa on a bill to exempt farm use of natural gas and propane from the federal carbon tax. The Commons Agriculture Committee heard from about a half dozen speakers, the majority of whom are in favor of the private member's bill C206. At one point, the discussion became more like a grain-drying 101 session. Mike Ammeter, the chair of the Canadian Canola Growers Association, tried to explain the urgency farmers face in getting their crops dried after a very wet harvest. Uh, probably our worst uh, harvest we had in recent memory was 2019, and some of you may have seen the, uh, it, it had the, the tagline or the name of the harvest from hell. And uh, we were just on a mad scramble, and, and is what you'll you'll typically do you you try to keep ahead of the harvesting with you know the combines with the dryer but sometimes you can't so you end up putting your grain in in your bins getting you know getting combined but it's it's not really in a in a condition for long-term storage so then you'll you'll (laughs) and it's a mad scramble because you are trying to get this grain back out of the bin because you you don't have much time pull it back out off to the dryer and back into the into the dry bin. That's Mike Ammeter. Ammeter also said farmers would be open to the idea of alternative sources of fuel to fire their dryers, but currently none exist. New Democrat Alistair McGregor asked if the use of biomatter from the harvest fields themselves might be an option. Would there be an added burden to farmers to collect that residue while you're harvesting? I mean, is it easy for you now to, to collect the residue and put it in one location, which would then have it in a viable form to be used as a fuel? If I was going to collect the residue off my uh, crop, I would have to have had that collected the year prior Mm -hmm. and ready to use in my grain dryer for this fall. Because when there's, there's not a, there's not a window of opportunity when, when I've harvested the grain is ready to, you know, it's ready to be combined. I harvest it. It's in the bin. It needs to be dried because weather conditions how whatever's happened i need to dry it i need to do it now i can't i can't wait to go out and collect the straw bale it move it off the field get it into the yard 
and start using that as a fuel source. So I would have to do that the year prior and be prepared for that. Mm-hmm. So extra layer of uh, comp- uh, complications, I guess you would call it. But not that it, not to say it wouldn't work, but it would be it would be complex and a, another pretty high level of management to you know, and then to anticipate that. How do I know? And then, of course, um, the other thing too is you're you're going to be losing all of that carbon yeah. uh, on your fields, which of course serves a very important purpose for the next year's crop, well, right? Yeah. And that's a good point. the 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 nutritional value of the straw and crop residue that comes off of my crops, there is value to that. There are nutrients in that, and like you mentioned, carbon. And now I've gone and I've burnt. That's Mike Ammeter, the chair of the Canadian Canola Growers Association. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And buy Canadian AgriBlend. Ask for the livestock products at your feed dealer or for a feed dealer near you. Call 1-800-340-2311. Feeder cattle prices were mixed during the past week across Saskatchewan. Acting Provincial Cattle Specialist Natasha Wilkie says feeder steers were on the rise, but heifer prices were mainly lower. Well, we saw a bit of a mixture going on, I guess. The feeder steer prices were mixed, mainly higher, thankfully, across the weight categories when compared to prices reported the previous week. As the largest price increase we saw for the steers was in the 300 to 400 pound weight category. Those guys went up $7.66 per hundred weight to end the week averaging $260.33. The largest decrease week over week was in the 400 to 500 pound weight category. Those guys went down $2.81 per hundred weight to end the week, averaging $247.79. And we look at the 700 to 800 pound weight category for the steers. They ended the week with an average price of $200.38 per hundred weight. When we look at the feeder heifer prices, they were mainly lower across the report weight categories. And so the only price increase we saw there was in the 300 to 400 pound weight category. Those girls went up $3.60 per hundred weight to end the week averaging $217. When we flip to the other side, the largest price decrease was seen in the 800 plus pound weight category with prices going down $2.12 per hundred weight to end the week averaging $162.63 per hundred weight. And then when we look at the 700 to 800 pound weight category for heifers, they ended the week with an average price of $174.75 per hundred weight. And so what were the factors behind these changes? Well, the feed grains, that's it's yeah, simple answer, really. They just keep going up. They went up again last week. And so that, of course, affects the feeder cattle futures, and that affects your cash prices. But that, that being said, we you know we did see some increases for the steers. So, you know, there's a little bit of optimism there. What were marketings? So Canvax reported a total of 12,009 head of cattle sold in Saskatchewan last week. That's up from 10,076 head the previous week and higher than the 10,054 head that were marketed during the same week in 2020. Tell me about market-ready cattle prices. What happened there? Well, we, they went up again, so that was good. Uh, the fed cattle price for Alberta fed steers was reported at $155.62 per hundred weight, and that went up $2.61 from the previous week's price. And then we looked at the D1, D2 cows. They were higher as well. 
So prices for D2 slaughter cows went up $1.50 per hundred weight to average $94.60. And the price of D3 slaughter cows saw a price increase of $0.83 cents per hundred weight. And so they ended the week averaging $82.58 per hundred weight. Acting Provincial Cattle Specialist Natasha Wilkie compiles the weekly cattle market update for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. And brought to you by Sask Pork. Saskatchewan's growing and vibrant hog industry creates economic spin-offs and career opportunities in our rural communities. Find out more. Visit sasspork.com. Grain prices were showing downward movement in early trading today. Canola fell 630 at 766.37. Number one red spring wheat went down 475 at 318.14. The rest unchanged. Durham 299.46. Feed barley 267.68. Flax 697.63. Lentils 705.47. Oats 209.53. Yellow peas 383.70. Feed wheat 238.84. The Minneapolis spring wheat July futures are up two and a half cents at 749 and three quarter cents a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source 620 CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn 842-4574. Now the latest quotations. Assiniboia livestock had our last pre-sort for the spring on April 20th and a regular cow and bull sale on April 21st. 400 to 450 pound steers sold from 240 to 245. 450 to 500 pound steers sold from 232 to 237. 500 to 550 pound steers sold from 239 to 247. 550 to 600 pound steers sold from 232 to 246. 600 to 650 pound steers sold from 224 to 233. 650 to 700 pound steers sold from 211 to 220. 700 to 800 pound steers sold from 193 to 212. 800 to 900 pound steers sold from 170 to 188. And over 900 pound steers sold from 163 to 170. Heifers are back 20 to 30 cents from the steers. Our cows have come up a couple cents from our last sale. Hefferettes sold from 113 to 136. D1 and D2 cows sold from 88 to 103. D3 cows sold from 68 to 80 cents. And slaughter bulls sold from 94 to 123. This is Jordan Stevens with the Cinnaboy Livestock Market Report. Have a great ranching day. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. This is both Brandon Moose Jaw Plants, $231.14 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by the Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. And SMHI, Municipal Hail Insurance, three tiers of stackable hail insurance. Contact an agent or visit us online at municipalhail.ca. Storms are unpredictable, municipal hail isn't. Saskatchewan's big game draw is set to open for 2021 on Saturday, May 1st. Hunters have until almost midnight, May 25th, to submit their online applications. Environment Minister Warren Kading says the big game draw continues to be extremely popular in Saskatchewan. Last year, he says the ministry received almost 115,000 applications and he expects another busy year. Kading encourages all hunters to apply early. He says game populations in many areas have been doing very well. 
He adds there will be increased hunting opportunities for elk, mule deer, and white-tailed deer in certain zones. The 2021 Big Game Draw Supplement provides Saskatchewan resident hunters with information on seasons and quotas and other information. The application process remains largely unchanged, and information is available online at www.saskatchewanlicenses.active.com. Apply early and use the online residency verification tool to avoid problems. Draws for several species receive a high number of applications, and odds of being drawn can be low. Hunters concerned about being unable to hunt due to the pandemic can consider a Zone 99 application. This allows the hunter to maintain pool status without being drawn for a license. There's no refund for big game draw application fees. Results will be available in mid-June, pronghorn in mid-July. On the markets, the TSX up 182 points at 19,357. The Dow has dropped 108 points at 33,876. Oil is up $1.09 at 6403 a barrel. And the Canadian dollar is up 41 one-hundredths of a cent at 81.04 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.